listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to a very special episode 39 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about no? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Steve Hobicky, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Hassan Godwin, and Lathan Conger III. Our guest today, working in Chicago radio since 1990, earning an Emmy nomination in 1997, and podcasting for over 15 years. This man is a comic legend and has spoken with probably every single person who's been involved with comics in the last 15 years and probably further. He hosts the Word Balloon blog and podcast that is magnificent by any stretch of the imagination. And he has got magical pipes. John Suntries, welcome to Cinemental. Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate you having me on, man. We're longtime friends and now we're uh, podcasting colleagues. It's nice That's to meet right. you. And then, or, well, nice to see you and then nice to meet the guys. Yeah, I, uh, I was on your show uh four or five years ago when uh when the thing book uh was coming out which i uh, i greatly appreciated the uh oh, yeah. the exposure that was very nice of you so um let's uh we've got a couple of different things we're uh changing around on the show so we we used to do a segment here called news that gives us fits which is gonna be phased out now but we're going to go in a, a little bit different direction so so our, my new segment i'm calling uh suffering from consumption which is which I will have to strive to find a bumper to uh, to a create a bumper from for. Some but until uh, this ball will cure that. Suffering from consumption, you'll be all there's, right. There's a tonic for that. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, suffering from suffering from consumption, and what what it is is I'm going to have us uh, kind of list off all the all the media that we've consumed in the past week between the last episode and this episode. Ooh, so oh I'm going to start off. So all the movies, all the TV shows, books you've read, whatever. Okay. Um, so so films I saw this week. Uh, I rewatched Moneyball. Me too. Uh, for for about the fourth or fifth. That's time. funny. So have I. Yeah, yeah. Just I fucking love that movie. That it's it a is, great movie. It is. Yeah, it's it hard is, to turn it off. Is unbelievably. You know what my favorite song. line in that movie is? <laughs> it's so stupid oh. too. <laughs> no, there's there's tons of <laughs> yeah, them. But my favorite line is. You're upset, Grady. Why? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> Don't know <crazy>. why. <laughs> but he says, you're, you're unhappy, Grady. Why? <laughs> Brad, Brad Pitt is, is far and away one of the most naturalistic actors when he gets into a role like that there is absolutely nothing he can do that you don't absolutely believe yeah. that it's that guy doing you know, it. When the movie first came out I resisted it because alongside my, my music radio career. I spent 16 years doing sports talk radio and was working at a national a network, what was called the Yahoo Sports Network yep. back then. 
Um, I, I, and actually it was sporting news radio uh, before it was Yahoo. And we were covering the A's story every day. And when the movie came out, I'm like, I don't need to see this. I lived this story. You know, so really it was like, I don't want to see this, whatever. And friends are like, no, you got to see it. Brad Pitt is so amazing as Billy Bean and Jonah Hill too. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's such a great movie. And I'm so glad I did end up seeing it in the theater. And now, yeah, it really is one of my favorite go-to. I've seen it, you know, a couple dozen times and I'll even – just yeah, watch a few scenes or whatever. Yeah. See, when it was on Netflix, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll watch Money Ball again. That that seating in the, that scene in the meeting room, and the first time he brings Pete into the meeting with all the scouts, and he's just like, he would just point yeah. at him, and he and he reel off <laughs> the information, <laughs> and at the end, he just looks over at him, and he goes, what? And he goes, Pete, say it, or I'm just gonna point <laughs> at you. <again." laughs> It's a great movie. I mean, really he's like, oh man, when I first saw that, I hated. And it's real. I hated yeah. Grady so much. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, isn't that your boss? What are you talking <laughs> to your boss like that for? It, was just, it just drove I me know. crazy. Does Pete but, really need to be here? It's like, but yeah, that, but that was does. baseball. Yeah, you didn't mess it's, with it's the so baseball. It's so accurate. It is so. It literally oh. was the old guard. You know, we've done it this way a million times. Yeah, and and history proves us right. Yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah. And Billy Bean was just so amazing. And to really take this uh, alternate attitude, and it's like, oh my God, you do, you don't need seventy million dollars a year to field a competitive team. Yeah. And mm-hmm. who's to say? I mean, really, obviously, you know, they didn't get all the way. They came goddamn close, and and yep. truly did it on a shoestring. And then that's in a, baseball terms. That's another weird phenomenon. But every time I watch that film, I think they're gonna do it. Like no matter how many, it's like um, you know. it's a it's a it's a it's a bad analogy. It's a bad comparison, but just like um, Solo or Star Wars, every time they do that that train heist, I think it's not going to turn to shit, yeah. you know. And it just <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you know, like well, we'll get it right this time. No, we won't. Yeah. It's a movie, and, it, dude. and it's and it's a, one of those rare sports movies where it doesn't end with a victory. No, yeah, and it still is right. a, a great, a still great story. I mean, of course. Yep. The first Rocky is a, is the classic example of that. It's a but personal yeah, it's like, victory. Yeah, you lose, but you right. Well, that's the thing. You well, lose, right. but you still win. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone offers you twelve million dollars. That's a you you won. You know, like, no yeah, absolutely. No well, that's, know the, it. that's the point of the movie. Even though he didn't 100%. take it, that that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then Jonah Hill's like, yeah, it's, it's not the money. It's what the money represents. You know, right. represents. Yeah. Good movie, great so, movie. So that's that, that, I mean, spotlight. There, Those two movies no, that's are right. fantastic. Uh, so then I watched the the Spencer Confidential. The uh, I still the, haven't finished that. How how like how is it all the way through? I, I think it's mediocre. I think it's yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard. It's, man. A, it's a, it, Spencer is like a big deal. That's hard. Not only not only that, but I'll put it this way: if you if you like the Peter Berg Mark Wahlberg connection, and this is I think their fifth or sixth film together you'll enjoy it it's sure. it's, it's really kind of more of the same of of this style of filmmaking and this this kind of character uh working together i don't i've never read the books i don't i don't know the okay. characters and i know that they're taking they're kind of doing a whole new take on the whole spencer hawk relationship and all that kind of stuff but i mean i thought it was okay I, it didn't, that's a series of books forgive me that i've that I have read for decades. That same thing and, with Walter. And, yeah. And I know, and I was going to say exactly our, our buddy, Walt Simonson is the first one yeah. who, uh, yeah. I, and in fact, I even told him, I saw, I don't even know if he ended up seeing it or not, but I'm like, Walt, I know how big you are on the Robert Parker novels. 
you're going to be disappointed <laughs> because it really it is such a radical departure and it just <laughs> yeah. lacks the the sly humor it's interesting because you know i read the fletch books and saw the chevy chase movie and they're different animals but there's at least enough of the sly humor that there's a connection and i love the robert urich spencer television show that oh yeah for being, that's right for being an 80s procedural again spiritually there was a connection to the books and this thing is really its own thing so you really have to judge it just as a yeah. fun modern procedural and like you said if you're a Wahlberg fan or a Wahlberg Berg fan together then you're you'll be satisfied but as an old-time Spencer fan it was a it was a massive letdown to me yeah a massive letdown so then uh, I got uh, uh, three new horror films I watched one called The Haunting of the Mary Celeste one uh, from 1980 called Demons uh, and, a, and a new Finnish meaning from Finland not that I finished it uh, called Lake Bodum that was on shutter that was actually quite good uh i was actually a little surprised and then in the tv department uh i saw the entire first season of hellstrom oh yes and is it is it good i i enjoyed it i i liked it cool hassan hassan has seen half of it and uh discussed it on his his previous podcast (laughs) um and uh uh, I liked it a lot. I liked the way it wrapped up. I'm I was saddened by the fact that the you know one of the the the, the final bits and the the thing that would tentatively tie it to its next season involved uh, uh, introducing a brand new character right at the end of the last episode, and and it's Mitch Pileggi, and I'm like, man, oh, any any opportunity to watch Mitch Pileggi, um, not only not only this, but knowing clearly he'd be the bad guy. And he hasn't he hasn't been a bad guy in a long time, so that would have been a lot of fun. Cool. I watched what could quite possibly be the best long form sports documentary series I've ever encountered. The Last Dance. Oh yeah, I saw that Netflix oh, series. Yeah. Oh yeah. Holy mother of fuck! <laughs> what, Latham? That's have you really seen good. this? No, I, I I feel like I've watched it from friends. Telling me about uh, it. it. I mean, it, the it, way but. you would, I will tell you this right now, Latham, you would love the way that it's structured, how it's built and how they started off. And each episode, they focus on a different piece, but while they're also moving forward at the same time, the entire 98 season as it's, as it's sort of, uh, it's, it's sort of destination. It's, Kind of yeah, but it's right. like it's two different. You're starting at two different points in every episode, and yet you're always working towards the exact meeting up at the exact same point in that tenth episode. It's so deftly handled. Everyone who is involved is involved in the in the documentary currently. You know wherever they are at now. It was it was so much fun to watch. It was and it was just I I, I had a hard time just having it on in the background because I kept I get it sucked me in every minute that was there, and I was just I was dumbfounded by how good it was. But I was uh, uh, I was working guys. I, I'm sorry. I hope this is okay that I can of course. All right, because uh, honestly, I, I obviously want to hear what everyone else has been watching as well. But Last Dance for me really was like watching a family album or a family like move, whole movies because I worked at the score for nine years, uh, Latham, the, the sport, the sports talk station. And I wasn't on the front lines. I always say I'm, I'm, I'm a foot soldier when it comes to Chicago broadcasting. I wasn't a, one of the frontline reporters, 
I was producing a lot of the day-to-day uh, -to -day radio shows, but I did go to my share of games and stayed in the locker rooms during the Bulls dynasty. And uh, it was it was definitely handled. My only slight complaint about the movie is they really make uh, general manager Jerry Krause the bad guy. And yeah, he was in that middle manager, you're fired sort of way where you're dealing with the manager and not the owners. But ultimately, the 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 deceptive thing I think about the documentary is uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and the other owners of the Bulls could have stopped Kraus sure. from breaking up that team if they wanted to. Yeah. And they didn't want to because they had made enough money. And to re-sign everybody, which they would have had to do, yes. would have cut into their profits. So it really was just a, a pure money business decision to kill that franchise when they did. And it's you can argue both ways because uh, you. I mean, obviously Phil Jackson certainly had a lot of success after that. Pippen and Jordan never reached a championship status after that, uh, being together and stuff. And uh, you know, again, uh, maybe history proves them right to stop the stop the fun when they did. And I mean, I, as a Chicagoan, we were heartbroken. But you know, it was what it was. But it, you're right, Steve. It's an incredible documentary. It's amazing. It's funny you mentioned that Krausing because I did. That's the one thing I noticed right off at the beginning in the first episode or two is they really they really set the table for Kraus being the bad guy. But I also felt that by the end of that series, they had sort of definitely lightened up on the pedal on him considerably. Sure. Uh, so that it didn't really they could have they could have I think they probably could have made it even more pointed to really, really put the horns and tail on him. And I, I think they let up a little bit. I think after those first couple of bits, I think they, they backed off and just kind of let things unfold naturally. But it was, it was really impressive. It's amazing. Um, there is a, there's a series on Shudder called Cursed Films. And if any of you guys haven't seen this yet, but it's basically what they do is they, it's, um, it's five half-hour episodes, and they cover film productions that are supposedly cursed. Sure. Poltergeist, uh, The Crow, Twilight Zone, uh, The Exorcist, uh, and I can't remember the last. This is on uh, Netflix? This is on Shudder. So, yeah, I don't um, have Shudder, but it, that sounds great. And it, it, they're, Well, they're fun to watch because there's some good background stuff on, on all the productions of the, of the stuff. Um, there's, you know, they make it pretty clear early on that pretty much anyone involved with any of these productions thinks the idea of any of these film productions as being cursed is an absolute joke sure. and that it's absolutely erroneous to think that way. But uh, it's fun to hear. I mean, listen, I was, I, I was, I, I know, I knew all the background story stuff behind the crow, obviously, but that episode especially is, that's a tough watch just, just because of what, you know, about what happened and you know everybody involved and but the exorcist one is fun because linda blair is front and center in that episode and she's just like nothing that happened on that set was was anything that there was no exploitation of me because you know for years people have gone on about how she was treated and how how what a bad guy friedkin was and all this stuff and she's just like Billy is a saint. He goes, he is a, he is an incredibly gifted director and his way of operating may not be in everyone's taste. He goes, but he makes incredible films and you can't 
question what he does or how he gets there. Or I guess she's I think you can question how he gets there, but at the end of the day, care. what he what he produces, it's amazing. Don't, you know, and she's and she's and she's genius. fully behind. Don't care. Yeah, he's a genius. Don't yeah. care. The yeah. depiction of a girl coming down the stairs backwards and stuff like that. And I was eating my popcorn <laughs> and I almost threw up. So fuck that guy. Oh my god. <laughs> shit I'm with you. Man. Fuck him. Good Lord, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, what is, what is this? What, what is this? Disturbing as hell, man. Just dumb stuff like that. The whole, no, the whole beginning right. in a movie, and I will not get on a tangent. The whole, the the whole build up to that is so uncomfortable. Watching that film, just like, just like, what, what the? And I'm sitting there, and I'm, it, it, it was during the revival, like maybe ten years ago, whatever, when it yep. had come yeah. out. And I'm, I'm yeah. you've never seen. Yeah, and I was there with, yeah. uh, I think I was there with Jeff Gomez and a couple other people, and we were watching. We were watching it. I had never seen it. I don't think I, not as an adult, I hadn't seen it. And when you know, when you when you watch a horror movie when you're a child, you don't really see it either. Um, you don't right. see most of it. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, nothing has happened yet, and I want to, I want to leave. <laughs> I want to get out of here, you know. And it wasn't because I was bored, you know. So yeah. So fuck freaking, fuck them. No, no. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that shit. But okay. All right, fair enough. We'll see. We'll see what happens when I get him on the show. <laughs> another, another great Chicago one. Oh you know, yeah, that's right. I'll yell at him. Um, yeah, and then and then I'll, and then like as I said earlier, the other series I watched was uh, the movies that made us, which is uh, a fun little four parter. And and the guy and again, boy, you'll forgive me, guys, but uh, Brian K. Volk or Brian Volk Weiss, yeah, the, the producer behind that stuff. He also made the Toys That Made Us documentary. Yeah, really series. good. Both seasons and, of that are good. Uh, yeah, and I had him on Word Balloon. Um, oh. he's, an, he's an incredible producer. He's behind Comedy Dynamics, which is a company that produces a lot of stand-up specials. And okay. he also, the great stand-up uh, that died in the 90s, Bill Hicks. He yeah, did yeah. an incredible documentary about Bill Hicks's life and career. And uh, God, I'm really glad I did my research before talking to him. Uh, he's, <laughs> he, he really, uh, Weiss is this incredible uh, producer that's making great documentary series and, and just great content. And he's got a, he's got a series in the works for Disney plus that focuses on the rides and the history of oh, wow. haunted mansion and all the classic rides. Yeah. yeah, and space the rock, yeah and space mountain and stuff. And the awesome. rock is the co-producer yeah. and approached him because of the strength of the toys that made us and the movies that made us. And it's like, Hey, uh, you want to do something? Cause I really want to work with you. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you don't say no to the rock. Right, that's right. Yeah. So, so no, he's a really, he's a really, really interesting guy, and I cool. I just, I think through uh, being in San Diego and New York and being on press uh, lists and stuff, I've just looked into some incredible opportunities for interviews. And really, when that happened, I pounced on it, and I'm like, oh no, no, please, I really want to talk to him. And uh, thankfully, you know, his people are like, oh yeah, sure. And we just connected. He's a massive Star Trek fan, Uh, (laughs) and I mean, you know, just uh, we he was. He's definitely one of us based on his uh, nice. his output and Excellent. everything. Great guy. And Very amazing nice. Stuff. Latham? Sorry. Uh, I finished uh, Haunting a Bly Manor. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I think it's as good as Hill House. Might be better uh, in some ways. The black and white episode is just – that's top ten episodes the last decade easily. It's uh, It's perfect. Uh, especially the way it uses repeat, I don't even know how to phrase it, repetitivism to make its point. Awesome. 
the whole I had be I had my daughter watch it with me and she had to fill me in on some of the stuff I missed in the final scene that which I still wasn't getting. And that makes me happy that I didn't get it because that means someone's told me a story <laughs> I haven't seen before. Uh, it's just that that's a much watched watch series. But the only thing that was a little bit disappointing was that Flanagan basically directed the the first one and then no other one in it. But uh, you could barely tell uh, as you watched it because everyone they got to help yeah. with it was was perfect and fantastic, and all the actors are great. And it's just it's it's hard. To, it's fun to recommend something unique like that. That's top of the line, in my opinion. So I would. I would recommend anyone watch uh, both of the series, Haunting of Hill House and uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. And I really haven't watched much else. I would planned to watch the Borat movie and just ran out of time. So hopefully I'll have a review of that next week. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, me too. I actually, I realized this week that I hadn't watched it and I'm like, oh crap, I hope Latham didn't, didn't have his watch party on Friday because I, I, I won't be able to talk about Yeah, I, I couldn't get anyone to come, come to the watch party and then I was like, <laughs> then I pushed it to the next day and then had a friend who wanted to see it, then he canceled and now I'm just going to watch it by myself basically, but um, it's, yep. it, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've heard a few people have seen it and they say, you know, it's as funny or better than the first one, which is good to hear, but we'll see once once we see it and that's all i've been uh that's all i've seen in the past week media wise that the funny thing uh i've been watching and trying to defend to some people and not having great success is you know i always try and have something on in the background while i'm doing stuff uh, just to have noise in the room and netflix is my go-to so i'll either put on a movie i've already seen like that's how i watched moneyball this week and I'll get diverted attention wise by whatever's on. But, you know, I, I don't like putting on stuff I haven't watched because I want to right. I want to focus on it. But I'll tell you, <laughs> Fuller House is a I mean, I, it, <laughs> it's hard to go, it's hard to go here. But the, it, it's when you watch a sitcom, I don't like sitcoms. I, I don't like them. They don't do much for me. They never have. It has to be a rare one that gets me. But. Right. That one is balanced so well, and the writers they got to to mix the nostalgia nostalgia with the new storylines. I mean, it's just pitch perfect, and the the actors on it are great. And it's it's like it's like going to a candy shop. It's it's real really fun to you know. I never watched Full House when it was on, but now I almost want to. That's how good this show is as a sitcom. <laughs> it's really man. Andrea Barber is so good who plays Kimmy Giblet. She's so good and no one talks about it. I've never heard anyone talk about it. She's brilliant on this show. And, you know, I try and tell people this and they just say, yeah, yeah, LA. Okay. But it's, uh, <laughs> don't, Fuller they don't buy what right. I'm saying, but it's really great. It's a great show. And it's, it's cool that they revived it for five seasons. I think that, yeah, that's one of the more impressive. Yeah. Things. And it's, it's just, it's genuinely funny. The writers are not, it's not throwaway jokes. It's great visual humor, great double entendres, everything. It's, it's awesome. So that's always in my background. And now I feel bad that I'm watching the background and not truly focusing on it and enjoying it at a full level. <laughs> That's, uh, that's yeah, but but that might be the fact that when you actually sit down and watch it with your full concentration, it won't be as good. Maybe. 
Maybe, but it sucks me in at times I stop working and then I'm like, wow, that was clever. Oh, that's clever. Oh, that's a great musical sequence. Oh, wow. That was a great bit of acting. Oh, wow. John Stamos doesn't look a day over 30, you know? So that's very true. That's uh, that's some pop culture for you, but that's what I've seen. Hassan? Are we are we going from like last Wednesday to to this Wednesday? Just like that full week? Yeah, roughly. Um, you know, I was this entire time I was listening, but also trying to think of what the hell I watched in all that time. Um, well, I kind of sprung this on you the other day too, so I didn't. I wasn't able to give yeah. you a, a, a full heads up from last week where you could like you know keep a list. I saw um, I saw things to come for the first time. That's right, uh, which was eye opening. Things to come. It's from H.G. Uh, Wells. 30s? Yeah. 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 It's a great movie. Raymond yeah. Massey? It's, uh, yeah, that's right. Raymond Massey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an yeah. amazing film. It's a very cool 30s sci-fi movie. Absolutely. I mean, just, I think, I think if you look at it for the, the, the story in and of itself, in my opinion, was a little all over the place. It was good. It was, it made sense, but it was a little sure. all over the place. But the visuals, like, especially for a 1936 film, of and it was just strictly black and white, so that means it was all light and darkness as, as opposed to color, and and the the, dy- yep. the the dynamic imagery that they were able to get just with some dramatic lighting was just you know especially as an artist that's that's very eye opening like uh, you know it's like oh okay you know, that's how they uh, clearly that's how you do that so history, history <laughs> solved um, so that was fantastic what else did I see I did see the first five episodes of Hellstrom. And I do want to finish it. Good. I'm glad. Uh, I got my issues with it, but I, I think it's overall, it was really good. I, it just seems to me pretty freaking doomed. Like we're never going to get another season. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, okay. When you, we, when you cancel a show or announce a, a show that's been canceled before uh, it eight, seven months before you put it on the air, it's just yeah. like, really? Come on guys. That's just it's shitty. Terrible. But what are you going to do that? There's too much of that nonsense. I we watched because um, we had sometimes I have a movie night with uh, friends on Tuesday nights, so we watched The Island, 1980. Um, sure, with Peter Benchley book, which I also oh oh the Michael Caine. Yeah, I also just recently bought it okay. uh, off of eBay. Nice, it's out nice. of print. Cool. Not not the Michael Bay film. No, not Michael Bay's best film. <laughs> I love that movie. It's his best film. Name a bell. <laughs> 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 but, uh... <laughs> Name a better Michael Bay film than The Island, Hassan. I despise Michael Bay, so I can't name. I, I don't I like him that I, much. I, you, you, win, you win this fight because I can't name a better movie that Michael Bay has made. I just don't understand a movie where where Jaiman Hansu kills like from what is like fourteen cops and then walks away as a hero at the end of it. But it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. And he's the way Reeves did the same thing in the Matrix, so it's all right. I watched um I watched this movie called Diner. And then I also watched this other movie called Armed and Dangerous. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, tell we'll you I'll tell you guys about those movies later. But uh, you know. <laughs> That's good. It had, there was a thing. There was a couple of things. Um, I made a, I made a short <laughs> list of things. Promotion. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, man. I look forward. I to also it. watched. Uh, okay, here we're gonna get into the geek, the, the geekosity. I I watched Gettysburg again. Um, cool. Uh, which oh. is a uh, never seen that. Yeah, it's a. Is that Frankenheimer? No, that's um, 
Rod, Ronald Maxwell, I think. Okay. And he wrote the nineties. Yeah, nineteen ninety three. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was that Jeff Daniels, Daniels right? Was, uh, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain. Yeah, and it was that part of that time when TNT was uh, backing. Yeah. All these, like he wanted to make three. Yeah. Uh, 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 Turner wanted to make three of them. He made uh, right. he made Gettysburg in 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 ninety three, and I think in I think in two thousand three or two thousand seven, something like something weird. He he made Gods and Generals, and he was going to make a third one, but oh, I think everybody right. died. That's I think right. everyone died. So I mean, I don't think there was wow. another. I think there was no third one. Um, Gods and Generals is an inferior movie to Gettysburg, but um, but it's still another. If you're into Civil War, it's it's. Another epic. Four hours and 31 yeah, minutes. Wow. It was a miniseries on TV. It's a miniseries, oh, yeah. Okay. It was, but yeah, it was released in a theater. I saw Gettysburg in the theater when I was a kid. Oh, wow. And, um, that idiot would sit there for four hours and 31 minutes. In the me and about 200 other people. At, at, I, I can only vouch for that one time, obviously. but I think I think it, it did happen. Um, was there an yes. intermission? Yes. It was sure. a, it was an intense okay. intermission, which came... <laughs> Which came right after the Lawrence, the the little round top sequence with the Lawrence Chamberlain. Good stuff. It's good wow. stuff. And um, they they had released a hundred and fifty year commemorative uh, box set with a booklet in it or whatever. And at the time it had come out, it come out came out maybe ten years ago, in 07, I think, and uh, a little over ten years ago. And I couldn't afford it because there were two of them. And they were both like forty bucks, and so I I think I got the Gods and Generals one with the intention of coming back to get Gettysburg, and it just you couldn't. It was gone. It was gone. It was gone so significantly um, that I actually thought that I imagined that it existed in the first place because, like, every everywhere I look for it on the web or everything else, it just did, it just did not exist. So I'm like, okay, I, I guess they didn't make an edition for uh, Gettysburg. I, I guess they only did it for Gods and Gentlemen. And then I found one on eBay. So I was like, oh, and then I bought it. And so that I watched that this week. <laughs> you watched, so you watched a DVD? It was a Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. A Blu-ray. So is it the, is it the 248-minute version or the 271-minute Okay, because that that's the extended yeah, it's version. Yeah, cut with extra. So, so the so the theatrical version was two hundred and forty eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, and it's and, then, and it, when I heard it was going to be longer, I'm like, that's not possible. <laughs> when the, <laughs> the director's cut came out, I'm like, I'll be here all week. But um, and there's a lot <laughs> of stuff if you watch the director's cut. There's a lot of stuff that you would probably as as film buffs, you'd all go, this was not. I bet you this is what they cut out because some of it is just nonsense. Like it's just extra, it's just extra uh, knickknacks and stuff that they throw in there for historical sake, like little yeah. barbs and conversations that just have do, do not push the plot along by any stretch of the imagination. And um, they have the subplot Hassan where um, oh god, hey, give, hey, give me some credit, okay? <laughs> I was gonna make a well, I, I, I'm you already discounted what I was gonna say. You just you've thrown me aside before I've a- even been able to make a comment. I'm oh, Hassan, do they have <laughs> Hassan, do they have uh, the subplot where Abraham Lincoln becomes the vampire hunter? <laughs> there it is. I'm there new to this. I'm new to the table, so I, I'll laugh. That was good. That was all right. Uh, apparently not by Hassan's head turn. <laughs> Silence. 
This yeah. is this is a serious movie. Oh, oh my bad. <laughs> this is, okay. well, so is Abraham Lincoln Vampire we, we, we don't joke about the Civil yeah. War here. here yeah. All right. It's a very, very serious. Okay. I'm looking forward to the I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I would have to suffer. Like, well, that's why I, I mentioned uh, Frankenheimer, because he was among the directors that Turner was uh, getting involved in these interesting Westerns that came out in the 90s. And yeah, yeah I, I remember that period very well on TV. And just it was kind of cool because, uh, you know, the Western after Silverado, I mean, really, it was kind of a low point for Westerns. And thank God Turner was there to make these interesting movies when he did. Yeah. Except for uh, Unforgiven, which uh, oh. someone <laughs> someone on the panel doesn't like very much. Wasn't uh, was was, was <laughs> Lonesome Dove part of that? Yes, it was that. Yeah. It was the Lonesome in that era. Dove and that sort of that. Yeah, it was in that era. Robert yeah. Duvall, uh, Western Tommy stuff. Lee that, Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. In conjunction with what Latham has asked, though, I did. I was very upset that there weren't as many zombies in Gettysburg <laughs> as uh, I had remembered from before. So there Especially were no vampires, but the lack of zombies, Latham, I will and, agree, uh, was kind of egregious. The South such had an the same intelligence as zombies, so maybe. <laughs> oh no, no! Wow. There, this there is a worldwide our, there goes show. Our, our Alabama fan base. <laughs> yeah. um, All right, just cut it at the Mason Dixon line, okay? Oh, stop. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, I watched. Oh, yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched uh, Mandalorian again uh, oh, sometime. Right. I think Monday or Tuesday, and it was well, still need not, to It's only that. it's only four hours, you know. Like theoretically, yeah. it's not a long. Uh, and it, like if you watch Gettysburg, you've watched the Mandalorian. Basically. That's funny. If you take out That's the scenes with little baby Yoda, it's about twelve minutes. No. Anyway, but. There's two things about the Mandalorian. I, I I liked it a lot better the second time around, because okay. I guess I guess because my expectations were not over were not through the roof, and I was able to just kind of just get into the show and you know and it's, it was a lot more intricate than I thought it was. It, originally, I thought it was just getting by on its on its brand name, even though I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love it. Um, but I liked it a lot better uh, this time around. Also, I thought it was just I don't know. It was probably me. I thought it was fascinating how you quickly anthropomorphize that helmet. Like that it actually, the helmet actually gives off emotions. Like you could read, <laughs> you could read thoughts and, and emotions. Like you would think that watching a show about a guy wearing a helmet would get boring after a while. It's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's doing, but for some reason it works. So much. Yep. Yeah. And it's, they're not even unique helmets. Like you know, the both set helmet is not right. really, you right. know. So, so that's a that's a plus for the the whole thing. Good, kind Good. Of I, I really should finish that before the second season comes up. Maybe because it's Friday, the second season starts. So maybe get that's on right that. The, yeah, this Friday. Holy cow! Yeah, I right. probably won't finish yeah, that you in time. Away. <laughs> it probably won't be talked about in the media or anything. No, probably. No, there'll be no giveaways. Now, they, are they dumping that whole thing all at once? Or are they doing no, the week by week? Thing? No, they're doing it weekly again. Oh, all is, right, well, I got you. You know, time. honestly, I think that's smart. It's I understand arguments for both binging and whole season versus weekly, but I think <laughs> the fact. Sorry, Hassan, but I, but I'll. Uh, the reason why I think that is for uh, just the buzz about a given show. Right. Uh, it lasts longer when it's when it's doled out weekly versus yes. dumping it all out there. And again, yeah. I can appreciate the convenience standpoint, but I just think from a marketing and uh, just in you know to let a show be sticky for a while, uh, you, I almost think you have to do that 
because otherwise three weeks later it's old news well that yeah. and people cancel their subscription to disney after one month and instead of two they get right. double the money right for real I, I i what annoys me about that is that it's true and that's really annoying like the boys <laughs> i didn't i didn't love the boys at all but um but we were talking about it for weeks and weeks as opposed to just yeah. Yeah. now. And especially as unremarkable, in my opinion, as that second season is, Uh-oh. we would we wouldn't have been talking about it more than maybe, maybe Dude, a I'm month. A, I'm a diehard Star Trek fan and, and new Star Trek infuriates me. Wow. Because I think it is so poorly written. Picard? And it's everything. Discovery and Picard and the cartoon, Lower Decks. I am really disappointed with the lack, and I and I would say Lower Decks is the best of the three, the animated series. I mm. thought Picard was a complete mess. Wow. I I I love Patrick Stewart, and I, as I always say, if they created a TV show called Star Trek Klingon Latrine Cleaning, <laughs> when is it on? Sign me up. I'll be there for the premiere, and I'll be there for the whole season. <laughs> that said, these shows have just been so disappointing and i think in wow. this era of high-minded quality television star trek is the runt of the litter they get the shittiest writers even the great michael shabon uh, and i'm assuming uh his ideas might be got committed out of being good but man it, it's just it's hack writing it, it star trek always led with its science wow. fiction ideas and it's uh these shows are a little bit of blade runner a little bit of galactica a little bit of whatever, and it's like, man, shame on you guys. Roddenberry <laughs> is spinning in his grave with this, and also it's woke first. And listen, I'm a bleeding art liberal. I am uh, Avery Brooks is one of my favorite captains, and I got to meet him. And again, ama- amazing hawk as well. And I and I love the idea of Kate Mulgrew as a captain. So I have no problem with women or people of color being on the forefront of, of Star Trek, but it that's where it ends. And when it comes to good stories and good characters, they suck. They're horrible, the new people. They're just, it's crap. John, your favorite, and obviously, your you know, favorite Star Trek series is Deep Space Nine then, I assume? Yes, it, it is. It is, of the spinoffs, absolutely. Even even a bit more than Next Generation because oh, sure. I, I like the idea. I mean, I like Next Generation a lot. Right. But um, Roddenberry almost put himself in a box by saying that, as far as humanity goes, conflict was a thing of the past. And from a 60s standpoint, that was an, a great ambition, an ideal future to look forward to. But I like Deep Space Nine because it's a big universe out there. So even though humanity may have its shit together, we're dealing with other alien races. And just the idea of uh, religion, the way they handled it in Bajor, and uh, the idea of like a corrupt pope, uh, basically uh, misleading the society. All that stuff was fascinating. I mean, it was Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones in a lot of ways. And it's just, mm-hmm. I, I love Deep Space Nine. I absolutely yeah. love it. But like, yeah, New Trek is just massive shit. But uh, I, and I, one of my podcasts is uh, me and a couple other friends have been watching all the New Trek and we commented on it every week and as much as, and I'm always hopeful that, well, maybe I'll like next week's episode. And you don't. And unfortunately <laughs> I continue to be disappointed. But anyway. That's funny. That's, that's, that's like, that 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 eternal hopefulness for better track and and yet still in it and yet you're still watching it you you are like a, hate you are you are the point. classic star trek fan i've been you're watching watch it literally every, you're going to consume it no matter what it is 
But for for fifty years, man, literally, right. I'm I'm fifty five years old. I've been watching Star Trek for over fifty years. I don't, and because really, you'll get those younger fans who like it and go, "Well, just stop watching." And it's like, no, there's no. Ch- I don't have a choice. It's not my religion. I don't watch it. <laughs> well, I just want to know. It's. I mean, if I could be an old lady for a second, it's my stories. You know, I can't miss my stories. <laughs> and it, and it's kind of true. You know, I mean, for real. I, I I'm like, no, I want to know what happens, and I want to know what they're doing with it. And unfortunately, I just keep getting disappointed. I hope that some of the stuff they've got on the drawing board, like the Captain Pike series, Strange New Worlds, is better. Uh, and it, they seem to understand. Because also they decided, forgive the Star Trek uh, tangent, guys, but they decided to do uh, one story per season, like so many other great current shows do. And they do it poorly. They, it's just they, conf- they conflict themselves. They rewrite themselves within mid-season. The showrunners get fired, so there's no real direction in terms of where the story should be going. And it, and it shows on the screen. And it's like, uh, plot hole, plot hole, character plot hole, shit, crap. Uh, I've, I've seen this before <laughs> called other television shows or films. And it's like, gee, I, I don't know what the hell happened to Star Trek. Like I said, it was always a leader and a groundbreaking group of television shows and unfortunately not anymore and i and again i hope there's a course correction eventually but we've been dealing with this for three years so john anyway most underrated next generation episode in your opinion most well i you know the drumhead is one of my favorites where it's really like a mccarthyism kind of (laughs) parable i love that i think that's a that's a great episode That that's, and also it was such a cheaply done yep. one that it's a bottle episode that it's on the ship. So yeah, that immediately. That's a good one. Mind. Good choice. Okay, I mean, yeah, no, I'm a like he's honestly, guys, I am. I'm a based based on that. I'm a massive Star Trek fan. I love it, and I don't want to be a hater. That's the last thing I want to be. But I'm just I'm just constantly disappointed by the new product. So do you want me to and, and Hassan? I didn't mean to interrupt your list. If you had more, and Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> and are you liking it, Hassan? I didn't like it. <laughs> I did, but no, I don't know <laughs> how I feel about I, any of it now. Oh man, I mean, you know, Hassan, if there's nothing so you haven't you like by it. thirty episodes of this show, is it's perfectly okay to like or not like something, whether or not? I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like it's not. I kind of feel a little persecuted <laughs> right now. Just wait till we know. talk about these movies. You know what I was going to do? I was going to say, I'm, I, w- I would be insulted if uh, someone didn't suggest that we watch Arm and Dangerous. And, uh, you know, but, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, feel free, man. No, Shit I totally, to we'll, we'll get there. I totally get why people don't like New Check. I, I totally get it because I did not like the Abrams movies at all. Okay. I thought they were. I think these. Them. I think these TV shows. <laughs> shut up, Latham. Uh, <laughs> TV shows are a step above those movies Great. in the sense that at least, at least they get a lot of the technology right. Because when they, you know, in the movies when they were using warp warp engines as thrusters, I was like, oh my god, you know, it was, and I was I was there. I was I was that level geek rage, you know, watching, sure. um, you know, I some of the some of the criticism that those shows take, and then yes, Picard was kind of all over the place. It was, it really was. But some of the criticism those shows take are from people looking at the old show with like rose colored glasses, in in a sense, because I mean, you know, so one one person said one of the episodes of uh, Discovery was the worst episode of Star Trek that they had ever seen. 
And I'm like, oh, oh Spock's brain, dude. You know, like, oh, you see, I like Spock's brain, but <laughs> no, oh, no, there's no. lots of. Yeah, no. I'm with you. Uh, I'm move, with you. Al- yeah. move along home. Again, from again, move like, along home. Yes, move along I, home. Also, I'm like, come on. So, that is worse. Absolutely, I will yeah. give you that. Move along home is horrible. Yes. So I, yeah. I mean, I get it. The problem, the problem, a lot of people have, and it's it, it's not a good thing. It's not really. It, it's not anything. Science fiction. All science fiction is contemporary. So we could We cannot make a 20 year old Star Trek show. For it, we just we're not capable of doing it because all of our science fiction is contemporary. But we only we can only look at science fiction through the lens of of what we're going through now. And if we tried to make the say like the golden age of Star Trek kind of science fiction, that's why you like Lower Decks a lot more because at least they could because of because of animation at least they could Easter egg the whole that crap out of it and make a lot of side references <laughs> and stuff, you know. Um, but so I think sometimes it's judged very unfairly, but I will say it is, it is uneven. That's the, 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 the deepest criticism I'll give it is extremely uneven. Oh, what's, um, what's, what's funny you gotta is come on, uh, you got to come on my Star Trek. Uh, I don't know, podcast. man. I don't think no, I, I, no, honestly, I welcome. I would not survive contrarian. it. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. And I would, and I truly welcome contrarian opinions. I just two Saturdays ago had um, friends on, and um, most of us dislike New Trek, but I did have one guy. I had one show where we had six people on. Four of them liked New Star Trek. Only two of us didn't like it. And I'm like, help me out. And I'm not, I don't expect to change your mind. <laughs> I, I just want to know what you like about it and what you see in it truly that I'm missing. And without any judgment, man, because truly the people who love it, God bless you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to tell you you're missing anything. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't think that people who dislike something are wrong for disliking it. I, I really don't. I think. I think sometimes a criticism can be incorrect, if if okay, that makes sure. any kind of sense. You know, yeah. um, like I like like poor Latham who deals with me. Uh, you know, uh, pushing <laughs> back against uh, against his hatred of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, right? Which <laughs> not a great movie. No, but it's, but yeah, but I mean, (laughs) if you're going to, if you're going to, if you, some of the criticisms about Crystal Skull don't make a lot of sense if you've seen the other, the rest of the series. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that about Latham because he hasn't, he just hates it and hasn't given us, because he's Latham, he hasn't given us a reason why he hates it. He just hates it. We never discussed it with you. (laughs) I'll tell you why I hate it. I just. I'll save it for another time. I don't hate. Uh, it. I, I, I don't hate I, it. It's just not. not and we can't. Movie. We can't talk about it. Also, because Steve hasn't seen it. That's so right. It's, That's it's right. another wow. reason. Wow. But yeah. But, yeah, right. but there's it's embarrassing for Steve. Well, I mean, again, it's just it, it, you know, and, and and again, I've got holes in my. I'll get uh, to it. Geek film and television. <laughs> no, you uh, Stuff that I've never. We all seen. do, John. And so yeah, it's just a lack of interest in the subject. So no, I yeah, and it's. I mean. So, the, my my whole thing, my my contention with anything that people complain about is exactly the nature of what they're complaining about, right? If you think it's not as well written, Star Trek is not as well written, and you just don't like it, I can't argue with that. Yeah, you you might be absolutely right about that. If you say, well, there's no precedent for blah this, and there's you know this the the, the writing is is used to be 
used to be Shakespearean, and now it's just like, no, there's really bad track. Oh, you no, know, there's, there's absolute you know, yeah. it, it's lots of bad track. I they only... don't do themselves any. Sorry, man, real fast. They don't. They don't do themselves any favors doing one story a season, because then you really are kind. Of, I mean, you're, you know, you're right because it doesn't always right. work, and they always right. seem to lose steam halfway through the season. You're you're absolutely right. Also, the seasons are a little longer than normal. This season, this new season is only thirteen episodes. It's a standard new wave season. But yep. the, the first season was 15 episodes, yep. which was like, it seemed like it, it took the wind right out of their sails, you know? They, Hassan, how can we have 29 episodes of Discovery and we're still not quite sure what the names of the bridge crew is? And I understand that they're focusing I, 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 on I know their characters. names, though. I can name them for God you. God bless you, man, because seriously, uh, Matthew Clark, one of the great comic book artists, he and I uh, would have, like, real skull sessions about that, and he's the same way. And a good buddy of mine, Mitch Halleck, who puts on Terrificon, uh, the Connecticut uh, mm-hmm. Comic-Con, yeah. uh, his his celebrity connections, the agents that rep these people, he's like, I get you the whole bridge cast from Star, Starship, or Star Trek Discovery. And he's like, just like me, he's like, I've been watching this stuff for 50 years. I know there's I pass late, I pa- uh, Peace Lady, there's the lady with the dreadlocks, there's the Asian guy. There's the black guy. There's Saru. There's Burnham and Tilly. Doug Jones. Yeah, that's Saru is Doug yeah, okay. Jones. But yeah, it's like it's like I don't. All I see is eyepiece lady and dreadlock lady giving each lady. other. They're all like scared when when because action happens on the bridge, and I realize they focus more on the other parts of the ship as far as characterization. But it's like you can't deny there's going to be action, and just say their names every now and then. Good lord. And they, literally, you know, but see, that's that's part ahead. of the criticism because they do, because I know their names. Well, you know, I, they don't do it enough for me, man. Because literally, it, it was in that <laughs> second episode of Discovery. I'm like, oh, that's her name. Oh, that's his name. Okay, good. I'm gonna try and remember that because you know, really, it's just like, like I said, it's mostly just scared looks of each other exchanging those things. And okay. you know, I mean, we know Stamets, we know Culver, we know we know the other Col- parts of Culver. The, of the, Albert, see, see, shame mm-hmm. on me. See, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a Woshikun, there's a Woshikun, Detmer, Bryce, Ariam, oh, who is now dead, uh, yes. nice. Saru. Uh, uh, the, the one I don't remember is the Asian guy. The That's the only show. one I don't remember. Huh? Spoil the crappy show. Well, it's just names. Yeah, man. You, you no, said no, it was no. a crappy show, man. No, you, and you said it was that, man. I don't want to watch Arium. it. Don't Arium worry, Arium's coming back. On, you won't even remember who I said, Zarium. Uh, 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 they they spent more time on Arium's funeral than they spent on Spock's funeral in Star Trek II in Wrath of God. That is I'm not like, true. And Spock got a whole nother uh, movie to resurrect himself. Well, I understand, but seriously. <laughs> I am, I am t- calling a timeout to right, Star Trek. Love Star Trek Star Trek Steve, podcast, Steve stop. Just cut all this stuff out, man. I'm, I'm okay. going to finish this conversation. No, right, there you go. No, that's fine, too. Thank you very much, because truly I love this. It was good, it was good talk. It was good talking to you all. It was good. You know, I'm sure you'll do fine without me. I was just going to say that I've I've – I've only the I'm last so the last new Star Trek that I saw was the first Abrams film, and I have oh, to and right. I and I have to honestly say, other than the interaction between uh, Chris Pine his motorcycle and <laughs> uh, his uh, is it supposed to be his dad somebody 
Chris Pine. Oh no, his dad. Uh, Bruce Bruce Greenwood. Uh, Bruce Captain Greenwood. Pike. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's Captain that's Pike. Pike. That was okay. Pike. So all right. So the, other than the interaction between those two, the only <laughs> thing I remember about that movie, and it's the worst part of that movie, is the part where they eject him out and drop him off on the abandoned planet. That's, and like, oh, holy crap, Spock's that, here. Yeah, that's where I got off. I'm like, wait a minute. You had to. You first of all, you fired a prisoner out of your ship, and I and, and, I and stranded that. him on an ice planet. Just so he could run into Spock, so that Act Three could happen. Yeah, and you know right. what? I this is right. this is this is my attitude towards all of you guys. You guys deserve Discovery uh, and Picard, uh, and because you didn't, because you allowed Abrams to keep making those movies. Uh, because no, I hated it. those movies. You did because everybody went to see them, and everyone was like, you know, uh, there's no. such a fresh start. These the aren't Abrams, so bad. Uh, <laughs> Abrams should not have control over every pop culture universe. It's ridiculous. Okay, it's, ridiculous. it's that's a that was another one. You know, they they seeded every every piece of science fiction creativity over to him, and look what we got. Yeah, so then now, Discovery now comes out. Cesspool. And I'm watching. Well, I don't even start to start. I'm watching Discovery, and I'm like, this is not. This is not great, but this is not bad. I mean, there's something we could build off, and everybody hates it. And I'm like. Oh, fuck all of you. Where were you in, in 2009 when I was like, this shit, this movie is shit. Warp <laughs> engines don't work that way, you know? And I'm only, only, only one. Girls are walking away from me. The whole, the whole nine yards is happening, right? I'm the only one holding the, the flag. And now all of a sudden, everybody, everybody's on board with me now. It's like, yeah, you trick is terrible. Like, no, nah, no, nah, you guys are late. You guys are late to the game. No malice to the actors. It's not their fault. It's the material they're given. No, (laughs) but I I mean, look, but people people act like they haven't seen any of the next generation movies, which are all horrible. You know, so I mean, we've been getting contact, and I I like first contact. But there's more bad track than there. One was the one with Tom Hardy as the Romulan. Is that Nemesis? That was Nemesis. Nemesis. The last one. Okay. Yeah, that kind of killed the next we've, generation we've, movie. We've got yeah. more bad track than 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 good track. The, arguably, the first two seasons of Enterprise aren't that great. You know, um, the seven seasons of Voyager aren't that great, in my opinion. There are moments. <laughs> I always say a Voyager. There's a third of the episodes that are good, a third <laughs> that suck, and a third that are just very ordinary. And yeah, I mean, at that point, it was a copy of a copy of a copy. Exactly. And I mean, it's so like, what are, what are we doing? We did all these like 10 years ago and on send the Starship me, Enterprise where it mattered, you know? Send me this part of the recording and I'll play it on my <laughs> podcast. <'cause seriously, laughs> I love where this has gone. And I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, as, as long as you're. I love a good spirit. As long as you're cool with sticking with us. Is, uh, no, no, we'll get back. We'll get back. Come on. I'll come on your show and yell at all you guys. It's all good, Asana. It would be a pleasure Seriously, I'll yell, scream. Well, Vecchio will put will put us in I'll contact email. Together. I said, it'd be, yeah. it'd be great. Seriously, it'd be a when are we going to get a next generation episode like Identity Crisis? Okay, nothing has come I close like since. One. I like that one. That's one of my. That's which would. Sure. That's the. That's the. Um, where Jordy and the other crew members, right, are like. Isn't that that one where yeah uh, they're on they're, they're on the away mission and they're all messed up yeah well no and then he starts to transform into the other alien yeah yeah but the way they the way they the best part of this, that episode is when they recreate the the video from the planet and they see like there's an extra shadow 
on the holodeck creation and then they create yep the figure that was standing there based on the position of the in the whole of the holodeck recreate it's a great like scientific figure out episode yeah sure how about schisms where rikers having trouble sleeping and they realize aliens keep stealing them and performing you know alien autopsy kind of operate and like crusher's doing the the scan of him and she's like uh your right arm was severed and reattached and it's off by like a millimeter and it's like jesus christ what's going on so yeah and and then there's code of honor Oh, right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's huh? the yeah. that's the classic. So, that's the they're all embarrassed by Code of Honor. Yeah, so everybody <laughs> kiss my ass when they You're talk on, about whole track. Hassan, you are hundred percent right. Code of Honor is absolutely worse than any episode of Picard or Discovery. <laughs> you know what, Steve? Fuck Diner and fuck Armed and Dangerous. This is now the Star Trek podcast coming to you from <laughs> Chicago and New York for the next eight hours. So strap in, everyone. It's so, going to be a long. I, I wish I would have known. Eight, I would have watched hours. more. Eight hours. <laughs> Another thing. I, I, I'm going I to get some food. I'll be back. <laughs> I know. I don't blame you. I'm I guess, so sorry. I guess guys. I should I have. I should have watched more Star Trek. Movies. It's my fault. Honestly, I am. I can't help it. I know. I uh, people. You people know, walk this away. Is, this is this is Episode this one. is my point. I don't. I don't care. I. I mean, literally. Here's here's the thing. Here's what's made me strong. Don't you mean the menagerie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. That's a great episode. What is what is made me indelibly strong is because I am a Star Wars prequels fan. So I have. I have come up through the ranks being you, punched you in the Kanye. head. Being punched in the head. Yeah, don't even. He does. I, I said that to a bunch of my other friends. I was like, we do not need this guy's help. <laughs> Someone call Kanye and tell him to stop helping us. But I've come up, you know, last 15, 20 years being punched in the head every time I said, yeah, those movies aren't that bad. So I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of strong to it now. So you don't like Discovery. You don't like, you don't like Crystal Skull. You don't like, I, that's fine. I don't got any problem with it. What my only issue is when is the stuff that they complain about because everybody everybody rose colors everything else. This used to be written by geniuses. I'm like, yeah, it was, but you still had a lot of problematic stuff. You still had uh, you know you still had Grace Lee Whitney get fired from you know for, for being an alcoholic, and she was an alcoholic because she was sexually harassed like every day of her life yeah. because she was a really pretty blonde woman yeah, in 1960, yeah. you know, and that was on the set of Star Trek. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that is just wrong with, You're with right. that. And, it, and you got to take Star Trek warts and all 100%. in order to love Star Trek, which is the thing. And then sometimes I think people forget that. It's like, yes, you will have bad Trek, but you will get good Trek. And, and the good is, I mean, look, best of both worlds surprised everybody. Because we were, we did not know we were dealing with a level of writing like that until we got that. People always think that was a foregone conclusion, no. but that was reason it was such a monster is because it was it was a quaint revival science fiction television show up to that point, and then it just completely shook the entire. And then the, we got spinoffs after that. That was the show that launched the whole. You know, Silver Age of seventeen Trek. years of Star Trek. Yes, exactly. Or however many it ended up being, and hundreds of episodes of television. Exactly. Hundreds. So where, you know, we, the, out of Star Trek Next Generation, where do we rank Inner Light? Oh, that's a great episode. Oh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's uh, Kanan. 
where Picard has that other life. That's the one on where he gets, oh. gets zapped. Yeah, Jesus Christ. The thing with, with the flute. You're not a fan, Hassan? No, I mean, that's a that's a tremendously powerful yeah. episode. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, thinking about it absolutely. is better than the episode. Thinking about... Oh, I... Oh man, yeah. there's moments like when he and realized, Darmok. What about Darmok? You no, know, I'm not a I'm not a Darmok person. Me, I think it's stupid. I I <laughs> love I loved it because it was dumb. But so many people think it's uh, it ranks up there Poignant. with the yeah. So yes. Yes. all right, it Darmok. Make sense. How how Darmok. can how can a different <laughs> yeah. right, how can a different race uh, communicate through metaphor? Yeah, if we don't just, if we don't know any of their metaphors, yeah. right? If we don't know and their I references, think, it doesn't make sense. I think they sense. tried to convey that, but you know, I mean, a lot of on Podcastia. Never mind. Chaka when the walls fell. Yes. Yeah. Chaka when the Black walls hat, fell. Black hat, communication guy. Sentimentals <laughs> when the point was lost. Yeah. <laughs> when, when the focus was lost. All right, so oh, so we got a couple got, movies, right? right? Yeah, yeah, uh, we got a couple movies. Uh, John, well, John, John, just... <laughs> there, there, son. You can go on your third podcast, <laughs> championing new track. I, yeah. I don't know how I got myself into that. That's a, that was a mistake. <laughs> that, was a mistake. That, that that that. Listen, I mean, John's a radio guy. I mean, he he knows how to talk. So. But that's also show, social media. Um, that's the curse of social media. Like someone says something, and you're just like, and you just you, you just can't not not say something, and it just gets you into trouble. Every there's never been a time where it's like just keep your mouth shut, and you don't do it. That is, there's never been a time that's actually worked out for the best. And then someone comes along, hey, you won a lottery ticket because because <laughs> you spoke up because like, you were smart yeah. enough to keep your track <laughs> yeah. shut. Uh, but uh yeah well perfectly all right i can't even you know like the sad thing is i get it you know like there's a lot of it that's not good you know i i like discovery better than picard you know i thought picard was okay but uh but there was you know there were there were problems with it yeah you know it's the same as the same i think i think uh the mandalorian is way more even but there's problems with the mandalorian also it's like wow we're just we're just not gonna we, we, like what I said about um, Hellstrom and about Jeff Loeb, and it's like this guy is going to stay in his box, and he's not coming. He's not going to. He's going to hint that there may be more outside this box, the storytelling box, but he's going to be very comfortably in this box and not ever leave the box. That's what all the Jeff Loeb Marvel shows were. That's why. That's why they get worse per season. Like, you know, if you like Jessica Jones or whatever, they just start to go downhill because he won't come out of the formulaic box. Nothing wrong with doing formula over and over and over again. I mean, there's every, every show we've watched when we were kids, it's just formula like Dukes of Hazzard. There's, they never mess with that formula. Gilligan's Island never messed with the formula. And you and you just sit there. Oh, this is the one with the giant spider. You know, that you just you'll just deal with it. But if you if you're trying to make edgy television, and you, and one of your ways is just to keep threatening to to do more, and then you just you're never comfortable doing more, so you don't. The show is actually perceived way worse than it actually is because because of the promise. And so you know that's interesting. I've been I, I've been letting Jeff kind of lick his wounds after being ousted from Marvel, and um, I do want to eventually talk to him again because 
I hear what you're saying, Asad, but I also think nobody nobody bats a thousand. Nobody. And there's enough quality Marvel TV in the Loeb era that it's like you gotta you gotta give them credit for the good stuff. And uh, yeah, sure, by all means, have a full picture. And you're right, as subsequent seasons kind of weren't as promising as the original ones were. But uh, that's you know showrunner choices and things like that that I think did weaken the product. But I do think ultimately it's like Jeff Loeb has nothing to. Uh, apologize no, for he's, and he didn't have to answer to me that's for sure you know no no and I, no but yeah I guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. no and I'm hip but you know it's like I, I do think the accomplishments outweigh the bad stuff that's what I would say Fair about enough. Star Trek <laughs> you know alright 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 the word star and Trek are no longer allowed I'm so um, sorry guys I no, appreciate the adult no no no, 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 no John John believe me I, you don't think I know what I was getting into having you on the show come on me a break you're a guy who talks for a living hello all right and now let's john did you, did you watch anything this week john i did i did and i'll, I'll he watched star trek fast. discovery exactly well i did you know so no uh I, i'll tell you most of it's tv because i was really busy helping set up baltimore comic-con online so i didn't have the time but i did watch two movies i watched in particular uh kill or cure is this weird early 60s british mgm movie that starred terry thomas and there was just this weird period in England for MGM where they made these funny whodunits. And Margaret, uh, Margaret uh, Dumont, I believe was her name. No, that's, no, that's the Groucho Marx uh, foil in all the old movies. <laughs> I can't think of her name right now, but there were Miss Marple movies that were made the same way. And uh, I can't think of her name right now, the actress that played her. But Terry Thomas is this like goofy private eye that finds himself in a whodunit. And it's just cute. Killer Cure. It was on Turner. And uh, the other movie I saw that I loved was from 1936, Love on the Run. And it was Clark Gable and Joan Crawford and uh, Francois Tone. And uh, it was about uh, uh, foreign correspondence pre-World War II. And I thought that was an interesting movie. But a ton of TV. Uh, I love Ted Lasso on, on, it's on Apple. And it's oh. uh, Jason, Jason Sudeikis, uh, a football, uh, a Division II American football coach going to England and coaching a, a lousy soccer team. And I think it's incredibly <laughs> funny. And it's Sudeikis at his best. Okay. I, I love the right stuff on uh, Nat Geo on Disney Plus, the, the remake uh, television series. Oh, yeah. Of the Tom Wolf book. And any Apollo stuff, like we were talking about Gravity and some of the earlier stuff. They have me at hello when it's, you know, Apollo, uh, you know, space stuff. I also loved uh, uh, For All Mankind on Apple TV when it it first debuted. But uh, I watched the West Wing HBO Max uh, representation of that one episode. And it's really neat because it's done on a stage and the stage is uh, backlit, very dark. And they keep their social distance, but it's really neat seeing the cast do this classic West Wing episode. And it was all done to promote the idea of voting. Yes. And it's, it's excellent. I, I absolutely love it. Um, I watched, uh, I rewatched uh, the first half of season five of Lucifer on Netflix because my buddy oh. Joe Henderson was on the Baltimore con and we had a conversation about that. So that was fun. I've, and then it, I've, I've made it about halfway through season one of Lucifer and I really want to like the show because uh, I was a tremendous uh, fan of the Carrie books and it's different. Uh, oh, it's very different. I would love to see a version of the Carrie story. Oh yeah. 
I don't want to, I don't want to see a cop procedural with Lucifer as, I mean, I I shouldn't say I shouldn't, I don't want to. Once I get my head around it, I'll be fine. I like, I like cop buddy movies or TV shows. That's fine. Um, I just, it just was, it's, it's a weird fit. Um, I'm sure it's good. I just have to get there. Well, it's like, it's like the Spencer Peter Berg movie. Yeah. In terms of it's nothing like the source material. But what I like about it is I was a fan of all those USA uh, procedural shows and they're chewing gum. I mean, as soon as they're done, you forget what they were about. Right. But they're fun. They're right. just light entertainment. And Lucifer is that you got to hand it, man. And it, it's kind of uh, perfect because Tom Ellis plays Lucifer and he he's a great. Very, yeah. He's a charismatic Lucifer. He really, really is. He's and good. the whole cast is funny. The scripts are fun and well-written. So if you could put aside the Mike Carey series right. and just think about it as its own thing. Because I felt the same way, Steve. I'm like, I don't need to see the I mean, devil solving crimes. Right. And it took me about four viewings of Constantine to really love it. But now I I, I absolutely adore that movie. Absolutely. Under no, you, man. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I'm, I've been uh, watching reruns because... Again, like Latham was saying, sometimes you just have it in the background or whatever. Right. And uh, I've been watching Dick Van Dyke and the Bob Newhart show. Oh, uh, wow. um, one, a couple. Well, also, I have a, I do a rewatch podcast for the outer, the original Outer Limits. Oh, with Gabe, yeah. And yeah, Gabe Hartman and I, and uh, Andy Park shows up every now and then. Jeff Parker, nice, and Ian nice. Brill, a lot of comic book people, and we love it because it's so well shot. And I really think it's forgotten even though it was on around the same time as the Twilight Zone. And right. it really is its own series and very different from the O. Henry twist endings of the Twilight Zone. Right. And, a lo- and, and so, I mean, it was only a season and a half. I was going to say there weren't that many episodes, right? No, 49, only 49 okay. episodes. So we're about midway through the first season and uh, we're loving it. It's fantastic. Uh, Hassan, and fun- I, Hassan and oh. I have been toying with the idea of, uh, of doing a uh, justified rewatch podcast Fun. oh that's a great show i we, love we that both show. we both absolutely love that series it was an amazing show absolutely man um and then uh police story which is oh. buried buried in the late nine hours on heroes and icons that me tv spin yeah. channel yeah yeah and i love that early 70s anthology show <laughs> because they're like mini movies yes and they yes, really were that. you know joseph wamba the great yeah uh, police writer of of the onion field and so many great police procedural uh, um, films and books. Um, he was the guiding force on that TV show. And I love it because it's an anthology and they're really for the seventies, I think good complex character stories and great actors in it. I mean, you got Chuck Connors breaking mm. in a young rookie cop and it's Sylvester Stallone. So you got these really <laughs> interesting, yeah. nice. you know, careers on the way up, careers on the way down meetings of, of uh, great actors and stuff. That's and awesome. yes, I said great actors, but uh, mm-hmm. they're right. fun. They're really fun. So there you go. There's my list. All right. That's, now we can uh, get to shitting I, on my movies. I think, I, think we'll, <laughs> I think we will make our way along home. And uh, <laughs> oh, Stevie, one last our... thing. One last thing. Very quickly. Oh, These boy. are the movies that were nominated for Best Picture in the year Unforgiven was nominated. <laughs> go for it. And they're all better than Unforgiven. Scent of a oh, Woman, nope. The Crying Game, mm. uh, A Few Good Men, which should have won the Best mm. Picture Award. I don't true. disagree. And Howard's End was so much better, even though I haven't seen it. I just know it's better. 
that happens a lot. I mean, it does. You're the greatest, the greatest show on earth, the Cecil B. DeMille circus movie. I can't remember its competition. What was the what was the what was the movie that, that was that should have won the year? Shakespeare in Love won. Stacey Ryder Ryan. No, well, right. Oh, was that the same year? Because I was going to say uh, uh, L.A. Uh, L.A. Confidential too. That's a good movie too. Oh, yeah, L.A. Confidential. Mean, that's a great Things movie. Yeah. Better than Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> well, that's the thing, man. No, no well, you, know, you see, that's the thing. Shakespeare in Love is not a bad film by any stretch of the not. imagination. It's unforgiven. But yeah, it just didn't. It didn't deserve. Or the art didn't the artist win Best Picture that one yes. year? Yes. And again, yes. A, ambitious, fun, experimental movie. But Best Picture, really? Right. Really. Right. Just yeah. like my, you know, and listen, we can go on and on a whole separate show just about how 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 what a, a shit show the Oscars have become. But to you know, for for a film to win Best Picture and Best Foreign Picture in the same year just seems egregious well I, I like the direction the the awards are going in uh, right as far as being more inclusive and and, and oh, sure being a world event it should be a world event it should be but then just make one thing don't don't make a point of making two awards and then give them both to the same film because that makes no you. goddamn sense well it doesn't the best foreign film is also the best film i'm gonna refill my drink and I'm gonna reset the clock. You know, maybe maybe they could remake this with two black leads. What do you think? Or two nice. women. Nice. Do you know what I'm referring to, <laughs> Hassan? No. Oh, you mean the odd couple? No, they're they're remaking planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, that's with, right. That's right. With Will Smith really? and uh, and Kevin Hart. Yeah. Well, who's the first actor? Will Smith. Smith. Oh, no. It has a yeah, chance. It doesn't need to be remade. It, it doesn't I mean, need to be. It doesn't need to come close. But at least it has. At least those two can do comedy. Now, I'm not saying sure. they're incapable, but it's such a. It's it's. Just, I was never a big fan of that one. Did that you guys really? really? Did you guys think? Um, and yeah. I'm now I'm blanking on the title. Um, Kevin Hart and The Rock. That oh, the comedy they made. The Twins? spy movie. Yeah, I spy or. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Like it wasn't that. It, I forget what it was. <laughs> Twins was too. <laughs> no, but it. But essentially, I thought, and you guys know what I'm talking about. Where, yeah, where, um, you know, they're, they're going to their high school reunion, and all of a sudden, Kevin Hart gets sucked into The Rock's world, and The Rock is this like ridiculous secret agent and stuff. Yeah. To me, right. that without renaming it, what it seemed to be based on, to me, it was a remake of The In Laws. Yeah. Because it really was. Kevin Hart's the Alan Arkin character, and The Rock is really, uh, and you know, uh, a, an action hero version of Peter Falk. And I like that movie. And I, yeah. I can't, I can't believe I don't remember the name of it. But I really did look at it. and I'm like, this really feels like. And I've never looked at the credits to see if based on a story by, you yeah. know, the, the guys that. Oh made, right, uh, right. Norman, uh, I forget his name, who also wrote Blazing Saddles with Mel Brooks. But uh, I mean, I love the, I love the original In Laws. And man, I, I will never say that the Albert Brooks, Michael Douglas remake of the in-laws in, in any way is a guilty pleasure. That's an abomination. And I love that in Albert Brooks's movie, looking for comedy in the Muslim world, which could have been another guilty pleasure I would have chosen. I love that at the beginning of the movie, Penny Marshall, there's a scene where he's pitching a movie to Penny Marshall as himself and as herself. And she's like, Albert Brooks, didn't he make that shitty in-laws remake? <laughs> Who the fuck thinks that's a good idea? And then he comes in for the meeting and she's like, 
hey, Albert, I really like the remake of The Ocean. <laughs> That's interesting. A lot of people don't like that movie. But yeah, so I mean, at least Albert Brooks had enough of a sense of humor to go, oh, God, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a check grab in a really shitty movie. Albert Brooks so, is the king. I love that guy. I absolutely agree. Uh, he's he's so he's he's on another level yeah, of comedy. Yeah. And I love that the late great Carl Reiner, even as a teenager, saw his brilliance as Rob Reiner's teenage friend. Yeah. And and literally it's like this kid is a genius. And and I love I mean, truly, uh, that was a great loss this year. And I know he was 94 and he had a great run, but I, I loved how vital Carl Reiner was literally till the end of his life. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I'm, I agree. I'm such a massive fan, and he's such a great eye for for great comedy. Uh, Albert Albert Brooks, and uh, I, I put him in the same in the same arena as Charles Grodin, as as two guys who are, are are able to deliver comedy in a way that's so singular, even when they're and angry, just even, at, even- at, at every capacity, and they it's never done in a way you expect, or that you see coming. Have you guys? You guys like? Have you seen that early '70s movie? Charles Grodin made the Heartbreak Kid with Sybil Shepherd. I have I've not heard about it. Oh, guys, honestly, all right. Let me redeem myself. <laughs> it is, and and they remade it with Ben Stiller and Malin Ackerman, and uh, and uh, right. Jerry oh. Stiller was in it. Oh, yep. The, the remake sucked. The original <laughs> is so great because it's, and also it's Elaine May. It's his her daughter Jeannie Berlin. And it's this guy who, on his honeymoon, just suddenly realizes how repulsed he is by the woman he just married. And it's <laughs> 1971 or 72. Yes. And he sees Sybil Shepherd on the beach, and he falls in love with her. And Eddie Albert plays Sybil Shepherd's father. And it is such a great Charles Grodin, Jesus early 70s Christ. performance. I've heard it's re- awesome, yeah. Yeah, I, honestly, guys, I, I think, I can make good on making you watch Dangerous. <laughs> hey, uh, Steve, make sure kid. he's invited back on. Okay? <laughs> oh, I'd be happy to come back and have that as one of my favorite. Exactly. Yeah, Avecki's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, no, I don't think I can trust John with any other shitty movie. Yeah, the next time I need six hours worth of content, we'll oh, invite I'm him so, back. I, it's I'm all so good. Sorry, I'm sure I'm keeping you guys awake. Good You're not keeping us awake. No, no. These, these motherfuckers are going to be up till four, John. Don't even. I'm, well, that's my it. world, man. Honestly, uh, I, I'm the same way. <laughs> So if you're uh, looking for I, a friend after three, it's me. I think the good thing, you know what, John? The only the only bad thing is we're actually we are actually at the end of the show. So of course, of course. Sorry. Well, wait. What? One hold, question. Hold on. Before a you before did before you do that, one question. What is the Albert Brooks movie where he's dead? And uh, oh my defending god, your defending life. your life, it's defending in my your top life. Twenty five. Okay. Top twenty five all time. Yeah, I love that movie. It's movie perfect is film. Your movie's perfect ridiculous. Film. It really is ridiculous. Rip Taylor, or Rip Torn, rather. Rip, Rip Torn. Yeah. Oh, God, hey, yeah. buddy, I missed you. I yeah. just, the, the the greatest thing is how, because that's how, when I was a kid, that's how I used to get bad news. Like, where they say, hey, how you doing, buddy? It's, it's a good thing. Wow. It's a good, you know, like, it's just one of those, like, I'm just going to hit you with, you know, this horribleness, and then we're going to talk our way through it without any sugarcoating. And uh, it that, when I saw that, I think I saw that maybe five years ago. Oh, wow. And it just, it's so profound. And I mean, not for the first time, but I saw it for the first time in a long time, five years ago. And it just reminded me of my mom so much that I actually, you know, that actually choked me up a little bit. Just that one wow. scene. Cause she used to, she used to draw. I was like, okay, uh, it's not going to work out. You know, like whatever, whatever <laughs> the thing was, she's like, look, I'm not even going to mess with you. It's not going to work out, <laughs> but we'll find a way to get around it. 
<laughs> that's I'm gonna watch that tomorrow with Amaya. I, I just that's a it's movie a I always idea. forget about and. It's, it's a crazy movie. It's just, it, it really it's so is. It's so simple, though. It's simple, but it's, it's just brilliantly written. The montage of him, where they put it for uh, the lawyers against him. The mo- Here's a montage of mistakes you made in your life. <laughs> yeah. and it's like 10 awful things, he, dumb things he did. Yeah, he said, well, just, Microsoft, he didn't invest in Microsoft. Yep. He goes, yeah. honestly, honestly, it was, a, it was a lark. It was a, nobody knew. Nobody, it's not my fault that I knew. You can hear his writing, the way he writes in every line. You can hear it 100%. as he performs it. It's just Jack. Wow. Why aren't you popular with the Chicago Police Department? <laughs> That's Midnight yeah. Run. I know it is. That's another great movie. So Rip Torn. I can't wait till look. someone picks that one. I and know. If they don't, oh. I'm creating a fictional person to be on the show and. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, and I will cam- play them camera, on the other screen. Their camera just mysteriously doesn't work for the whole. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. I've got a bad. I've got a bad. Yeah. Web hey, Ray, what do you think about this one? Well, it seems to be a problem. Yeah. Why did Why'd you like the movie? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I say we let him go. Yeah. No. Classic. Another great movie. I wouldn't get through that episode because I'd be like, you know what? You got to stop doing that for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Halfway through, I would I would break the facade because I would just freak out. Like, okay, we gotta stop this. We gotta Farina, stop. I think <laughs> Farina in that I, movie is this moron number one. Get me moron number two. Oh, yeah. Number two on the phone. <laughs> I'm gonna stab you in the heart with his pencil. Fair punishment Sydney, for Don for armed and dangerous will be him coming on every month for a year, and and th- that's I think that's fair penance. For, for I, I think I be angry for watching a film. I think what's messed up is he spent the entire show talking about better movies than the movies that he yeah. suggested. I don't deny that. We could have sat and we could have watched all of these. Who could have been our hero? I'm sorry, man. I know. It's a tease. It's a psychological warfare thing you're doing. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to show my bona fides in John, terms John's of John's a smart guy. You know, you know, you know, you know how this buff. works. You know, and, and seriously. That's why, honestly, what Steve asked me, I'm like, oh, absolutely. I mean, I have an occasional podcast I do on Word Balloon called Scene Missing. And it's me and Gabe Hardman and uh, uh, Will Pfeiffer and uh, all these comic book people, Hillary Barta, that uh, we do. We just love old movies. And we could just go on for hours, as we have just done, about old yes. movies. But we can't help it. It's just, again, it's, it's a pleasure. And, and it's really interesting to see how movies have changed over the years. Oh so, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always great to talk about movies. I got to know uh, William Peterson really well in the nineties. Oh, did you? He's, I, yeah, he's a my... Chicago guy. Oh yeah, big, I know. Big sports fan and nice. loved loved the station I worked at, the Score, and knew I was a movie buff. And he would come and he'd be like, "Johnny, oh. what movies?" And I had and truly, he's such a great guy and yeah, so yeah. much fun to be around that I kind of had a man crush on him. And literally, he'd be like. Johnny, you're a movie buff. What have you been watching lately? And I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't right tell now. you. I'm I can't just so happy to see you. I love you. You know, yeah, but it really, and truly, and I he, love Young oh, Guns too. That's what I said. I watched Manhunter for the 58th time. <laughs> Guys, honestly, he had the best stories about the Young Guns movies and Cousins as well. And Cousins, what was what convinced him to do TV because he made it with dancing. And he's like, listen, I get cheers, and I'm really happy for you, but like. 
TV, isn't that like a grind? And and dance is like, it's the best job in the world. You work Monday through Friday. You got your weekends free. You get these hiatuses so I can slip in movies if I want to in between. And right. that really made Bill. Right. And he was a big stage did. guy and had his own theater in Chicago and everything. So, I mean, that worked out well for him. And yeah. And when they came to him with CSI, it was so much fun because literally he was hanging out with us. And he's like, yeah, they really want me to do this CBS show. And we're like, that's great. And he's like, I really wanted, he wanted to remake Have Gun, Will Travel, the oh, Paladin wow. uh, Western. Yeah. And, yeah. and they were doing Magnificent Seven as a TV series at the time, and it wasn't succeeding. So they were pushing him on this, on, on CSI. Yeah. And it was so funny. And he's, t- he's like, all right, first of all, it's not Quincy. I mean, it is a medical examiner <laughs> show, but it's not Quincy. And we're like, there's really nothing not wrong with Quincy. Quincy. And he's like, <laughs> and, he awesome. goes, and then he goes, you know, my name's, the name of my character is Gil Grissom. And we're like, oh, like us, Chris. And he goes, yeah, I know, I know. But it was so great because we were owned by CBS Radio and they made us put uh, television stars on when they had new shows. And I got to interview Ray Romano when Raymond was brand new, things like that. So we had Bill on for CSI. And after the first two weeks, the show was such a massive hit that uh, he's like, dudes, I don't have to do it anymore. He goes, the show's, the show's ahead. I miss you guys but I'm going to be busy with the show. We're like, way to go, Bill. That's awesome. (laughs) And and for for the franchise to do as well as it does. And I mean, that guy's just printing money with CSI. And I'm so happy for him because he's just such a good guy. So it's a nice kind of... I I did get the the luxury of... uh, I did get to meet him once at... uh, My my sister was, for a a period of time, was really good friends with his nephew. And uh, she knew how big of a fan I was. So she secured me tickets to... um, one of the performances that he was doing uh, during one of the times back in the, back in the nineties uh, when he was doing American Buffalo on the stage. Say, in, that's what I figured. In, yeah, in yeah, Chicago. Yeah. And I, so I was, yeah. I got to see him do American Buffalo with um, it might've, it might've been Dennis Franz. Okay. Was the older guy. Cause he's the middle guy. And I can't remember who the younger guy was. Yeah. I don't remember who else was in the cast, but I do. There's been a bunch production. of great combinations for that, that, that production over the years. But, um, but I got to see him in that. And then afterwards I got to, I got to meet him afterwards. Cause it was a setup, you know, it's a thing, but um, yeah, he was, he just, he was just a very, very nice guy. You know, that Showtime remake of 12 angry men, he was so excited to be part of that. And that had a, for a remake of a classic movie, it had a really good, all-star cast in the in the sure. 90s remake if you guys ever saw it and he was so pleased and apparently again you get these great stories like jack lemon was so pissed that henry fonda beat him <laughs> to getting the rights to 12 angry men back in the 50s and that it always stuck in his craw and he always wanted to remake it and finally and freaking directed it freaking yeah directed the remake and stuff so yeah i mean those kind of tidbits it was i mean and literally guys i have not talked to bill in 15 years but it was always so much fun and get to know him and stuff and just sit down and talk movies with him. He's, he's just, he's, he's one of the best guys in, in, in the movie business that I've ever met. Yeah. He, he was, he was here. Yeah. He, he was a, and, and, and a guy who considering how much, uh, how much screen time he has put in, uh, he's one of those guys who would much rather be on stage. That was, yeah. it was always more about the stage yeah. for him than screen time he turned down platoon the tom berenger role because he's like i don't want to go to if it was uh, miramar or wherever it was that they right. shot it he's like yeah that sounds uncomfortable i'm not interested <laughs> sounds uncomfortable exactly and it's like jesus man i'm like berenger was nominated for that role <laughs> lord you would have been incredible in there he's like 
I know, I know. That or is my he, that is my single favorite film of all time. Wow. Or he was living next door to uh, De Niro when the, when De Niro and Ed Harris were making Jackknife. Oh my and, god! And De Niro to get in the weird mindset was walking around his backyard naked with just shoes on, and he's like, "Okay, hey, Bob," and he's like, "Yeah, how you doing? What's happening, Bill?" And you know, he's just like, you know, get it, being a method guy, getting hey, into the frame of mind. Hey, Bill. And he's like, yeah, he's like, all right, you know, I don't need to see naked De Niro in my backyard, you know, to wake up oh, and everything. Movie. Everybody needs a little naked De Niro in their backyard. I'm, you know, I'm just saying. Oh, oh John, thank you, buddy. Oh, guys, seriously, oh, I, I, I had a blast. I'll apologize for the tangents, but it was seriously. Oh, it was, no, no. That's, you see the you smile on my face. If, sure. if, if, you, if, you, if at any point in the next months or so you have the opportunity to go back and listen to any of our other shows, you'll, you'll, you'll hear plenty of tangents, <laughs> believe me. So uh, I would like to thank our guest, John Suntries, uh, and uh, show intro music courtesy of FesleyanStudios.com. Please check out our website at CinementalPod.com for all of the poster images we discuss on our Down the Tube segment. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can always listen to new episodes at CinementalPod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at CinementalPod. For John Suntries, Hassan Godwin, Lathan Conger III, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and petroleum distribution engineer, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. There we have it. <laughs> Can't you play that now so that we can all hear it? Because you could do the sound? I could. I could probably. I just I don't wanna I don't wanna have to uh try and have things queued up and, and yeah. it's it's honestly yeah. much easier for me to just to set it all up in Audacity and just run it out Hilarious. Guys, Fair great enough. conversation. Seriously, I really appreciate yeah. you having me on. No, Steve, thanks, great, John. Great job driving, dude. You know, oh, I mean I've, I mean I've been doing I, this for fifteen years and you know what you're doing. They're very good. Well I, I, I definitely appreciate the I appreciate the kind words coming from you. That uh that means a lot more than you know. It's my pleasure. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to go because uh, yeah. it's late and I'm sure everybody's tired. So <laughs> We'll no talk, problem. John. Thanks again. Thanks a lot, guys. Be well. All right. See Same you. to you, John. Bye, Thank John. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.